India and the US receive a reality check. As they intensify talks in Washington, they agreed to disagree on Ukraine, announced agreements on other fronts. Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. This is episode 58. Now, this week saw high-level intense meetings between India and the United States as Prime Minister Modi and U.S. President Biden announced a surprise virtual meeting that took place just before uh, External uh, Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar and Defense Minister Rajnath Singh went into 2 plus 2 ministerial talks with their American counterparts, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. They also held separate external affairs and defense talks as well. Now, while Austin and Blinken have visited Delhi in the past, this is the first 2 plus 2 ministerial taking place with the Biden administration, the fourth such Indo-US meeting ever. And remember, at present, India holds 2 plus 2 ministerials with only four countries, the US, Australia, Japan, and Russia. Now, these are seen as a productive way to mesh together to discuss diplomatic, military, and strategic issues all together in one room. The four meetings that they held in Washington this week certainly yielded some agreements, although the talks considerably focused on the situation in Ukraine. This is what both sides said. Russia's war against Ukraine is an attack on Ukraine's people. It's also an attack on that rules-based order that we both adhere to and defend. The United States will continue to increase our support to the government and people of Ukraine and call on other nations to do the same, just as we call on all nations to condemn Moscow's increasingly brutal actions. As Secretary Blinken has pointed out, we have made a number of statements which outline our position in the UN, in our parliament, and in other forums. And briefly, what those positions state is that we are against the conflict. We are for dialogue and diplomacy. We are for uh, urgent cessation of violence. Uh, and we are prepared to contribute in whatever way to these objectives. So let's just take a look at the issues one by one and see what happened on them. On Ukraine, for starters, there was really very little to show that the two sides came any closer to an agreement on this big issue. And remember, over the past few weeks of Worldview, we've been speaking about the Indian position on Russia, India ties with Russia, as well as the kind of growing international discomfiture with it in the West. And now, over the past few weeks, the U.S. leadership also made a number of statements expressing their unhappiness very clearly on India's stand. And these were specifically, A, on India's refusal to criticize Russia or to vote on UN resolutions that criticize Russia. B, India's decision to increase its import of Russian oil. And remember, we've already imported in a month practically what we had imported over all of last year. See India's refusal to join the US and EU sanctions and in fact to negotiate a payment mechanism with Russia to work around the sanctions through rupee ruble payments. So the kind of reactions we saw came right from the top. US President Biden called India somewhat shaky amongst Quad members when it came to the issue of Russia. US State Department officials, senior official Wendy Sherman said the US would like India to move away from its partnership with Russia. U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo said she was deeply disappointed by the decision on buying oil by India. Deputy National Security Advisor Dalip Singh actually came to India to talk about the sanctions and suggested there would be, quote, consequences to India's act of sanction subversion. Director of the White House National Economic Council 
Brian Deeson said that Singh had in fact told India that the consequences of a more explicit strategic alignment with Moscow would be quote significant and long term. Now compared to that entire barrage that we saw, the conversations this week were actually relatively tame, and it seemed clear from some of the comments that were made that while Russia remains a major point of divergence between India and the U.S., the two sides agreed to disagree and not vent their differences in public. But they did just make enough noise so you can see. Take a listen. When it comes to oil purchases, sanctions, etc., I just note that there are carve-outs for energy purchases. Of course, we're encouraging countries not to purchase additional energy supplies from, from Russia. Every country is differently situated, has different needs, requirements, but uh, we're looking to uh, allies and partners not to increase their, their purchases of uh, Russian energy. Uh, if you are looking at energy purchases from Russia, I would suggest that your attention should be focused on Europe, which probably we do buy some uh, energy which is necessary for our energy security. But I suspect looking at the figures, Probably our total purchases for the month would be less than what Europe does in an afternoon. So you might want to think about it. Now, despite those words, India was able to ensure, as it did in joint statements with Japan and Australia recently, that no criticism of Russia was actually recorded in the India-US joint statement that was issued after the 2 plus 2. So where did the two sides agree? One, that India will make its own decision on the issue, although the US would prefer a different position, so a kind of agree to disagree. Secondly, that the situation in Ukraine both sides felt is deeply concerning. They've urged an immediate cessation of hostilities, condemned civilian deaths, and underscored the need to respect the UN Charter, international law, and the sovereignty and territorial integrity of all states. All of these statements, however, are made without any specific reference to Russia. And third, they both discussed cooperating on mitigating the impact of the Ukraine situation, like boosting world food stocks, particularly wheat and sugar. And remember, Prime Minister Modi said this specifically to President Biden as an offer, also to work to reduce energy prices, although there has really been no agreement on that so far. Then the second big issue, let's move away from Ukraine, was about the Indo-Pacific Quad and China. Here we could see that the big meeting on the Indo-Pacific, where Prime Minister Modi will meet with President Biden in person, along with Prime Ministers of Australia and Japan. And remember, Australia goes to election just on May 21st, and President Biden has now announced that the date of the Quad meeting is just a few days later, around May the 24th. So that's quite significant. The second thing we saw is that Prime Minister Modi and President Biden discussed a new Indo-Pacific Economic Framework initiative that the U.S. has launched, and collaboration with India would include digital trade, supply chain resilience, and other issues like that. They also announced in the 2 plus 2 that India would join the Bahrain-based multilateral partnership. It's called the Combined Maritime Force, and it brings the navies together. India will be an associate partner and will help check illegal piracy in the Gulf waters, as well as intelligence sharing and other types of maritime cooperation. Now, like we saw with Russia, the joint statement actually did not refer directly to China either. Clearly, this is something that India has insisted on, but there was a very strong statement from General Austin. Listen in. The People's Republic of China is seeking to refashion the region and the international system more broadly in ways that serve its interests. 
And so I'm pleased that we've identified new opportunities to extend the operational reach of our militaries and to coordinate more closely together across the expanse of the Indo-Pacific. On to the third big area of cooperation, which was military cooperation in the 2 plus 2. The Department of Space and U.S. Department of Defense have space situational awareness agreement, which has been fulfilled. And in the times to come, Defense Space and Defense Artificial Intelligence Agreement. Third, many other initiatives and agreements, which are still in the discussion phase, They've had very good progress. The military scope and also to increase the depth of it. And we've had unanimity on that. Now, first, in addition to this MOU on space situational awareness and cooperation in outer space in general, the two sides also have decided to launch a cyberspace dialogue this year, which will lead to more cyberspace cooperation. Secondly, the minister spoke about doing more military exercises between the two including bilateral ones like the Tri-Service Tiger Triumph, Yudhabhyas, Vajra Prahar, which are the army exercises. There's a bilateral COPE India air exercises and also multilateral exercises like the one that involves quad countries called Malabar and Milan. There's the red flag as well that India takes part in. The third big point from the military cooperation angle, the 2 plus 2 committed to cooperation on co-production, co-development, cooperative testing, of advanced systems, investment promotion, and the development of maintenance, repair, and overhaul facilities in India. Now, this is specifically important as India has often linked its defense dependency on Russia to the transfer of technology and co-production opportunities, saying that this is not something that India gets from any other country, including the United States. So, discussion on cooperation on these areas is significant. And then they agreed to explore the possibilities of utilizing Indian shipyards to support mid-voyage repair of U.S. naval ships. Now, this is certainly a big step up even from what we've seen of the Lamoy agreement between them. This would be a new step forward. If there was some disappointment, it was over the lack of movement on a big deal that was expected to be announced during the 2 plus 2, a $3 billion deal for Predator armed drones. Now, the U.S. has already approved this sale but the Ministry of Defense in India is still considering the purchase. At present, India imports about $20 billion worth of military hardware from the U.S. It's one of the record highs. And Mr. Singh, Rajnath Singh, had actually said that he hoped U.S. companies would indigenize production here under the Make in India program, also references to the Atma Nirbhar project of the government. In addition, the U.S. also did not, as expected, announce a waiver for India on the CATSA sanctions, we've spoken about it at Worldview before, over India's purchase of the S-400 weapon system from Russia. But Mr. Blinken said that there's been no determination on this just yet. So it kind of hangs like a Democles sword. Still, although Mr. Jay Shankar said this is America's decision to make, it's America's law, India will not interfere. Then we come to the bilateral or what are called people-to-people ties. And it was interesting, both Mr. Jay Shankar and Mr. Blinken addressed students at what was called Howard University, a very famous university in the U.S., spoke there of shared values and the bond strengthened by about 200,000 Indian students in the United States at present. Of course, this is a huge amount. And of course, 4 million Indians also reside there. Second, they uh, spoke about setting up a working group on education and skill training 
which will bring academic institutions in the United States and India into joint research programs, and they have agreed on this. With post-COVID travel restarted also, the problems of the massive backlog of visa applications, this remains a big issue on the people-to-people front and was discussed. Significantly, not so much was said about trade because both sides have not been pushing for any kind of a free trade agreement. Trade right now ranges at about $150 billion, including uh, goods and services. And of course, there are discussions going on parallel between Commerce Minister Piyush Goyal and Trade Representative Catherine Tai on this issue. And then we come to the fifth, but by no means the least issue between them, and this was on human rights. And this perhaps was an area where the meeting even went off script. As U.S. Secretary of State Blinken came out of the meeting and said at the joint press conference that there were concerns about India's record. We also share a commitment to our democratic values, such as protecting human rights. We regularly engage with our Indian partners on these shared values, and to that end, we're monitoring some recent concerning developments in India, including a rise in human rights abuses by some government, police, and prison officials. Now, that comment was made actually as part of his written, prepared text. And later in the same day, Mr. Lincoln released a State Department 2021 human rights report that looks at various countries where there are human rights concerns and included a chapter on India listing a number of allegations against the government and against police forces in particular and investigation as well as incarceration procedures. Uh, so that was quite a strong statement to make right when Mr. Jayashankar and Mr. Singh were there. Then the next day we saw the response from Mr. Jayashankar who said that human rights had not in fact been discussed at the 2 plus 2 and that India too has concerns about human rights in the US and spoke about the attacks on two Sikh gentlemen in New York over the weekend. But clearly, what seemed to come out from there was there were deep divergences. Despite the talk of shared values, clearly we have seen areas of dissonance in this particular 2 plus 2 as well between India and the US. But the meeting as a whole sent a reassuring message of strength of the India-US partnership and its ability to focus on bilateral ties, even amidst a major geopolitical challenge like the one in Ukraine, where the two countries are clearly not on the same page. Now, we'll keep tracking this story for you. I'm going to get you some reading recommendations. And since I've given you many on the India-US bilateral relationship in the past, let me get you some books that you may not have looked at in a, a different context. One is called America and the Indo-Pacific, Trump and Beyond by Harsh Pant and Kashish Parpiani. It's one of the new books that focuses on India and the Quad in particular. Then there's The Future of U.S.-India Security Cooperation, a collection of essays. This is uh, brought together by Sumit Ganguly and Chris Mason. This came out last year. There's a paper that I would definitely recommend you read. It's got some very important recommendations at the end of it, some of which we're already seeing being actualized, actually. It's called Towards a Mature Defense Partnership, a paper that came out by the Stimson Center. So there's Samir Lalwani, Elizabeth Threlkeld, Chris Clary, and Zoe Jordan there. Then there is Open Embrace, and I've spoken about this before, India-US Ties in a Divided World by my colleague, Vargis George, who was based in the United States. And he has this updated version uh, from the Trump era of ties between the two. Another book called An Open World, How America Can Win the Contest for 21st Century, by, by Rebecca Listener and Mira Rapp-Hooper. I've spoken about these authors in the past. 
and it speaks about how the US really needs to reach out be more present in the post-COVID world. Okay, and then this is one of my favorite memoirs, really. It's called The Back Channel, American Diplomacy in a Disordered World, which is by William Burns. Uh, it has got many anecdotes in it, and it's written by a former diplomat who is now America's CIA chief, intelligence chief. And then two recent books I've enjoyed, which really look at issues that are important for India-US ties in the future. One is called The Great Tech Game, Shaping Geopolitics and the Destiny of Nations by Anirudh Suri. And then there's Move, How Mass Migration Will Reshape the World and What It Means for You. And this is by Parag Khanna, a very famous analyst and has written books before. And that's all we have time for this week here on Worldview. Do join us again and keep writing in. From the team here, thanks for watching.